0: Hello everyone, welcome to Fitness and Relations. I am James and I'm joined by Melissa and we like to talk about uh, relationships between males and females and all the stuff that goes on in there and how it applies to fitness. And um, this is our second episode of season two.
1: Moving into some... Fun current event topics today.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, what, what are we going to discuss today? Where did, where did this idea come from to have this discussion today?
1: James has sent over an opinion piece from the New York Times called Huberman Husbands, Bro Diets, and the Masculine Branding of Fitness Culture. And I got really excited about this one because it is something we have heard and seen so much recently inside of our gym both from um, the male clients coming in and from the we- women and the wives uh, who are tired about hearing their husbands talk about these podcasts and things they want them to do when they have been trying to get their husbands to do a lot of these things for a long time and have been dismissed. So um, I think it's a great one for us to dig into.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I, um, as always, I am always impressed by the, um, what you're able to bring to the conversation as to what's happening in the gym setting. Cause I didn't expect that to be, um, I guess on the ground. Um, I, you know, I don't always assume that because people are writing about it, that it actually is, you know, taken is in place in the gym setting. So that's kind of cool to hear that it is a conversation. Um, I think one, one thing I could speak about it now for the future portion of the episode is that I could offer probably, um, a bird's eye view for the past maybe 30 years of, um, you know, what you just spoke about that thing that goes on in the gym. I can talk about it, you know, just to add some color. Um, but I am really interested in, uh, in hearing, um, some of the stories and, um, and what kind of effect not only, uh, is it Dr. Huberman has, um, with the information, but I'd like to talk about, uh, What's the word that I cued on? Oh, you know, uh, advice, like what does advice mean (laughs) today? Um, I also like to discuss, um, you know, health and fitness advice for males and females and how that gets dispersed today. I'd also like to possibly discuss uh, the timeline, historical context of that, like how the, the variation happened. Um, and of course, I think with the name of the episode, well, I thought it was should have been the name of the episode, but I'm not sure if you had any, you know, initial thoughts on that. But I because I, my first question after reading the article was that, is this really a man thing? Because it was framed that way uh, in the article. And um, I to quickly get to what I think about it. I, I don't think it's a man thing. That was my perspective from it. And I have lots to say to kind of consider that. But I think you may have not a difference of opinion in my statement, not being a man thing, but um, maybe about how uh, how it it uh, you know, how we were into into this, like what seemingly looked like a stereotypical feminine way of doing things in fitness, the culture's well accepted ways of doing things in fitness am I, am I correct in your, your thoughts on that, 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 you know, males are actually doing the quote unquote, these things, these stereotypical culturally accepted things that not too long ago was kind of in the different, in a different uh, boat. Am I correct on that? Or what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it really comes down to the way we utilize language to make something appealing to a specific sex or gender. Um, this new rise has been very much late it's the way in which we say the research support or right um i think it's this like male thing of like well i found this researcher my favorite researcher says this and they use data to back up why these things are valid now Mm. which resonates a lot more with the male brain. It's like, well, research says that if I do this, then this will be the outcome. So Mm -hmm. moving it to more of like the deliverance of how this information is being put out there. Um, and men, you know, I I think it as like men like to control outcomes. They want to know that if I do this, then that will happen. And that's how this information is being presented. If you drink this green drink, you will see a decrease in your inflammation or an increase in your performance. So for the highly performance-driven male, or the guy that really likes numbers and statistics, this resonates. Yeah. Versus saying, if you go for a walk, you may feel calmer and better throughout your day. That's like the jargon that doesn't really hit. So yeah. I think the information is the same for men and women. It's just the deliverance that's making the impact right now.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, I th- I love the commentary of asking. I forget who the uh, author asked but um asked them for kind of a perspective or synopsis as to why this is happening at this period of time um and he called it goop for him yes I mean that that just knocked it out of the park it's exactly uh includes what you were just speaking about um of you know audience capture you know who's gonna listen um and I have some other things to say that are connected to my previous points on Uh, advice, who's a pro, you know, and of course, my rant all the time on therapeutics versus good intentions. Um, Yeah, so I I love that aspect of it, which coincides with what you just said, right? It's the language and how you're going to discuss it to kind of get people who's listening. And I can't help but bring in our previous conversation that we've had on Jordan Peterson's attraction to a specific audience, right? That, uh, you know, a conversation for another time with regards to the nitpicking inside of that, but, you know, I'm saying he doesn't have, he doesn't have 6,000 out of 7,000 people in the audience who are females that are outside, like shaking his hand saying, oh, I can't believe how much you've changed my life. It's got nothing to do with the, the, even the thought of male or female, but we do have to ask, you know, what is the language being used and what are the solutions that this person is trying to provide, right? And so that's I, I like the way you picked up on that right from the get go. Um, so if if your point is true, and I do actually agree with that with regards to the languaging relative to who you want to talk to, and you know, who's piquing your interest, i.e. athletic greens are going to make you look good and be a man, you know. Uh, well, what is the what is the female message today? And who are the people that are promoting something that's that's different than that? And you can you can take shots or like be in a soft area with the concept too.
1: I think it's 100%. I think that whole, he is the the male version of Goop is 100% accurate, right? Okay. We can go on to onto a platform like that and have Gwyneth Paltrow tell you all the reasons why you need to drink your water in the morning, go for, you know, your walk and get sunlight. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, but I'd say these concepts are not new to women.
0: Yeah. Neither right? is the, is the former, With regards to uh, it being new to men.
1: I think it's, you know, if we always, I I like what we do on this podcast of going, how did we get here? Mm. And I I think the big question to ask is why is this all of a sudden important to men now? Mm -hmm. And I think um, it really comes out of this last several years and coming out of COVID where the gym was removed from a lot of men, right? Or the ability to go to a gym. And all of a sudden you're listening to podcasts and there's this podcast that comes out that tells you what you should be prioritizing to be healthy and to be sharp and all these things that are gonna make you um, a healthier individual that weren't centered around the gym. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that has one part to play with it. I would be uh, I would be slightly uh, in disagreement if I take a longer view of it and also add in that there's also post COVID a bunch of really nefarious situations and not as much insight into like what should I do with my time.
1: I, and so I look at this really from an isolate perspective of what's going on in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley yeah, where biohacking yeah. is huge. Yeah. And
0: oh, yeah. Right. So,
1: not to say that yeah. there isn't like we haven't seen a decline in health as a result of COVID and all of these things, but I think. Um, that's like an acute thing that triggered a lot of men, at least here in our local area to all of a sudden care about these things. Even if we had been presenting it as BLGs for, you know, the last, as long as they've been in our gym, it was like, what made it hit home? And it was, um, a lot of the research coming out of these research being presented coming out of these podcasts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, as I say, I'm, I am in agreement of that specific situation and it being a part of the system. um, I just know that there was also, and this goes into my story of the the short order, you know, history. If you go back thousands and thousands of years, you do want to ask the question around how that individual, regardless of male or female, gets advice, right? Gets advice from something. And, and I, I don't want to reduce it down to some specific terms or small timelines, but it does answer this question around, so let's just take the example based on your previous point there. Someone in Montana, post-COVID you know, why is that man now like walking down a country road listening to Andrew Huberman about athletic greens? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. you know, and, and what I see inside of that is that there's uh an, at the, in the end, there's an, a logarithmic commercial interest of attention. That That's why that man in Montana walking down a road gets Andrew Huberman. I don't think it has, and this is my slight argument on your point. I don't think it has anything to do with the intentions of people um, like being like, oh, geez, I really should look after my health. I I don't see it that way because the historical timelines, we had elders 10,000 years ago. In 1650, you had your parents or community members or pastor, right? Or Mm -hmm. philosopher. (laughs) And then in 1970, you had, uh, you know, I think media, like you had TV. You know, it's like, Holy shit. My parents are not only pe- the elders are not the only advice givers. You know, it's now the fucking president of the United States. That's or or, uh, whatever, you know, um, Nolton Nash was the guy in Canada on TV down here. There was a, a couple of, couple of talking heads on different stations, but th- that was the birth of it. And now in 2023. My point being to end that whole thing is that there's a thousand advice options today. So if that's the case and there's a thousand options for a man, quote unquote, to hack or whatever, or to improve their health. Um, why is Huberman uh, the one out of a thousand? And that's my point. It's it's you're winning at the game of the attention economy platform, right? You're, you're looking at your, and you, to your point, I'm agreeing with this point. Yeah, I'm a doctor, you know? I, I, I use research. Uh, I, I'm in uh, Silicon Valley, so I know more than what you know. Do you remember that point that was in the article, right? What what doctor knows best? Oh, who's your guy? Who's your doctor guy? We could use Dave Asprey to see inside that, you know, Peter Atiyah. There's a bunch in that group that would all fit into that. So I I, I I I just wanted to clarify my point that I agree with you based upon it being in this post-COVID like, oh, I got time on my hands and I should figure out what to do for health. I don't think it's the case most times. I think it's like, who could somehow not always nefariously get in front of the audience because I could argue five years ago, Joe Rogan was the Andrew Huberman, right. In a different way. And then if I kept going back, it would be like, I don't know, Paul check. Right. And then all of a sudden we had internet and like, you know, spread of media and all of a sudden it's like everyone. Am I out to lunch on that? Or you got any more thoughts on, I saw you writing some things as I was mentioning that, but.
1: Um, well, it's two-part i mean i think it's like beyond just um why is this person popular i think I, I wanted to hit on the the whole concept of masculinity in this pro health culture that's out right now um and the difference of what are we calling masculine right or what is being like what do we equate masculine as today and what does that look like and um I think kind of going, walking through that historical timeline where we shifted, you know, masculine from being like a John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, like that was a real man to the, you know, period of Arnold coming through that, where all of a sudden aesthetics became what we, um, what we considered to be masculine was muscles, right? It wasn't, uh, there was a different character trait applied for what actually made a, a man masculine in the, in the general view. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that looks like now today, right? So, why are men gravitating towards wanting to do these biohacks, and what are the results they're looking to get out of it from an aesthetic perspective?
0: Yeah, great question. I think uh, I think it's uh, more so due to, and that's why I'm, I'm going to stand by my point of, and maybe I, I could I could be changed in my perspective of it. That uh, I see the quote unquote movement is not a man thing. Um, I see what people perceive it as being like. Like, who is this human guy? Why is my husband interested in these kind of things? Because in the '90s and early aughts, I had people uh, who are who I was consulting with, um, and let's let's say it, their wives would come in, you know, either before or after, because it was it wasn't always one or the other that brought in the other, based on that and how I kind of work with adults, but. They wouldn't there there wasn't the same conversation of like, oh, there's this thing that they're focusing on. Why why is my husband now focusing on this thing as if they owned a specific form of, you know, what they did for health and fitness, you know, Um, and that's why I I land on it's narcissism and social media. I see things social media fucked with. Like the entire universe, because it made everyone, either male or female, say it's really important that you share what you're doing with everyone else because of love, peace, and happiness, and community in the world, and everyone bought it, right everyone bought it and and I bought it and thinking, oh well, I mean if I want to improve my business, I better be on social media if I want to be you know let her, you know I got to let everyone know what I'm doing and so that's I think where it lands in my opinion, Melissa is. Is it it in it 2023? It's like uh, you know the athletic greens and et cetera. You know, my, my, just to kind of ask the question: What the fuck are you doing with your shirt off, promoting athletic greens on Instagram? Like we giggle at that, but think about that. So your point is fair. Like, well, what is masculinity today? Fuck, I don't, I don't know. I don't even. I, it's it's kind of washed. Like the whole the whole concept because we can't even take. We can't even, you know, even make mention of what it is, but I, but I do, I do like that question because it it does ask us who owns what, and and what is the what is the division or what you and I like to call the the wonder the the wonderful aspect of the diversity between uh, males and females and how beautiful that is and the acceptance of it knowing that there's you can't see my hands but knowing there's lots of overlap. But we do like to discuss some of the variations there that is wonderful. And that's why I like your questions. Like, well, what is what is the masculinity uh, thing that's in there? Um, Because I I don't know, you know, uh, geez, being not on social media, if a female held up athletic greens, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, that's funny that that's a masculine thing that she's doing. I'm like, ah, geez, I don't know. Um, there was green stuff being sold in the nineties, you know, as food stuff, wonder fixes, et cetera, detoxing. Yeah.
1: I just think it was like, right to the narcissism, like, and men doing things now to be masculine as far as for masculine being an aesthetic look, Mm. an aesthetic look that's coming out of this, right. It's like, I want to have a green drink and I want to do zone two fat, like aerobic work because it's going to help me with fat loss. Mm. And, you know, coming out of some of the articles that she had linked, it was really just kind of walking through this shift that, again, went from this, like, if you looked at, I love that example. It's like, you know, if you looked at Clint Eastwood or something like that, he didn't have a chiseled six pack. That version of masculinity, right? Like, that was just like, looked like a, ma- a rugged was what a man was. And then it moved more and more into this, like, I want to look like Brad Pitt at, at a fight club. That's a man. Yeah. right not like how strong he was but the look the aesthetic of being that cut and lean um and men now wanting to biohack because if i go on a walk for 60 minutes it might give me better abs
0: hmm. yeah i love that i actually think brad was more beautiful in legends of the fall Thanks. i just want to get that <laughs> on record but uh, cuz I, I like that kind of character <laughs> um <laughs> It's the like you know, wife getting shot, you know, uh, the ricochet, him freaking out, you know, et cetera. Um, I, I I wrote down that what you're describing there is, and I'm glad you kept on it because I now understand what you're saying based upon. It was there was unspoken insecurities that were true though with males thirty years ago, unspoken true insecurities, right? and now they are spoken true insecurities and this is what we're and and that doesn't like label females as always being insecure it's like no we were always all in, always insecure but we were taught quote unquote you know being being born in the 70s raised in the 80s into the 90s is like you don't ta- you don't do that shit right you just you know keep that you know i i I would ask anyone to go on YouTube and look at uh, some of Bill Burr's comedy as to how he discusses this because it makes it enlightening but humorous in the same way. It's like you've just been taught to keep that shit down. Like, don't, don't, you know. And so, am I on am I on the yeah. same lineway right there?
1: It was like, I was like, as I looked through it, it was like the 1960s and 70s. It was like that was an actual distasteful trait to be. To discuss these things, right? If you were to talk about yep. your body issues or anything like that, was actually very unmasculine, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think it's also like this generational wave now where we're seeing this group at this yep. age, like it's much more accepted.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. Um,
1: and-, and how much they've been exposed and grown up in a world that tells them that that's what they're supposed to look like. Um, I mean, not to go down a rabbit hole of it, but it's like we even saw a shift in, like, you know, toys in in video games. And what was presented in front of young boys as far as for like, what should be, you know, you went from a GI Joe that had no structure at all. He was a little soldier to Mm He-Man and these like kid toy figures that had giant biceps and small waists, And that was like what they were told, you know, to grow up, to want to be, to be a man was to look like that.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. Uh, And I think it does. I wouldn't say that it takes us too far down a hole because I think that we could easily Go back. I'm more recently reading the second, uh, my second uh, booklet into the feminism history background, Um, uh, Betty Friedman's uh, The Feminine Mystique. And she's describing in there from a bird's eye view of the 1960s as to what this masculine energy was. And I just wanted to throw a word inside of there that's probably not as nefarious as narcissist, but um, there was some aspect of modesty. That w- that has been lost for both uh, sexes, and, and and that's where we get into this moral quandary, right? Where that's why you get people lining up, let's say on the uh, the farthest ends of the religious right, and then the uh, anarchist, you know, libertarian left. You get them lining up, saying, "See, see, it was the cultural changes in the '60s, the sexual revolution, civil rights, all these things. It just led us to like, you know, lose all morals." And they're, they're both wrong, you know, but it is an acceptance, I think, to your point, yeah, being a whole for sure. I don't think it's too deep, though, to talk about, well, what do you consider to be modest, right? Do you, do you consider taking off your, you know, showing a piece of your labia or a slight, you know, piece of your scrotum and holding up athletic greens? Is that is that really, you know, what you wanted to get from these freedoms? You know, is that really what you wanted to get? And that's that's my point is... I, I I don't think it's actually too deep. I think it's right in front of us. Do you see it that way too, as being a possible jumping off point for us to ask this question? Like, you know, what is modesty?
1: I do. I I, I mean, what is modesty, right? I think um, we go back to this time. And I think you're right. It's like this, we have these swinging spectrums. And no one's just like sitting in the middle of like, I wanted to be able to wear a pair of shorts when it was really hot. That didn't go to my you know i didn't want like women didn't want to live in pants all season long like it wasn't we weren't looking to walk around naked it was just some women just wanted the freedom to be able to put on a pair of shorts versus a dress for practicality or just to be able to like you know be comfortable and now that's gone into like you know we want to walk around naked all the time um
0: which is why you weren't allowed to be on horses or bikes right
1: you know Uh, so but i and that being the same for men too is like what is I don't know what is modesty.
0: Well, um, if you're, if you're asking, I think, you know, just keep your clothes on. I think that's a, that's a pretty, uh, you know, simple starting point that you could probably create a whole bunch of rules that are underneath that, you know, uh, based upon what you're looking to do. And I just think it's nefarious, honestly, if you have some back end version of that um, and you're calling it to my point, uh, to to your language, uh, a biohack. You know, I, I just, I just don't think that's, uh, I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't mean to like wind us away from the concept of if, if this actual movement here of what this uh, author was describing as a number of, um, of herself and a number of women actually, you know, complaining that their husbands won't shut up about protein, you know, zone two, et cetera. I took those things down. We were discussing these things, um, many years ago. So it's actually, it's actually not a new thing. But but I think it uh, to move us into like, you know, maybe if we can, away from the my interruption on the modesty question is back into the masculinity aspect of it. And if it really is a masculine thing of, you know, green drinks, protein, zone two and cold showers. um, I'm, I'm indirectly asking you, I think you already mentioned what your thoughts were on it. But I think that um, my thoughts on it is that you have to your, to your, to your point, maybe I'm just repeating what you said, but you're languaging it knowing that a specific audience is going to be interested in it. Yes. Right. Cause you're talking about data and you're talking about things. and I think what you're bringing up here is that I think, you know, people are just with social media today, they're taking the next steps to say, dot, 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 this research will lead me to look better. You know, I may or may not talk about it, but.
1: Um, I also say it's just like a difference. You know, I go back to the podcast as being a big shift in things is um, where did men consume information on things like this before podcasts? Women have a lot more magazines that have always been available to us that give us like recipes and ways to be lean and you know like what things you should do to look this way and be this way from like a teenage age mm-hmm. on right mm-hmm. there were so many teen magazines and cosmos and different things that gave you advice on on how to be healthy um and really there aren't weren't as many of those options for boys and men outside of like a men's health, maybe, which was mm-hmm. really curated more towards giving you exercise programs mm-hmm. right They were very much more like here's some templates to follow, and here's how to do these different exercises but not really into the health and wellness side of it. Um, And podcasts have just like blown up an ability to get information like that. So I I don't think it's new. And I think it's the same thing for men and women. It's just now all of a sudden we can listen to this and it's um, data research that sounds very similar to how we receive news, right? So all of a sudden it's a credible, reliable source the way, you know, people are so attached to their news outlets. It's like now we just fall into this fanboy thing of like, well, I love this podcast, the Rogan mentality. I heard it on here. This is God's word and I'm gonna do this.
0: Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter the-
1: who's told me it a thousand times before, this podcast told me, it's truth. I'm yeah. gonna do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the uh, you know, where people get into trouble currently today in that area is uh identity politics, uh tribalism, and just falling prey to again Um, you know, listening to Huberman, listening to five other six or different voices, but don't tell anyone about it. So if you're, if you're, if you, you know, and you're like, Oh, you hear that? Yeah. Me too. Me too. It's, it's you're, you're acting on tribalistic identity, politic, you know, uh, just futility. Like you're just falling into that same trap that everyone wants you to. And that's my point. Huberman wants people to do that. Like share this episode. Right. Subscribe. Right. Like that seems that seems really kind. Right. But no, you got to you got to speak the same language. I to back to your point on the magazines, you are completely correct on maybe the, the numbers. But there was I just see it in two. There was muscle and fitness or there was Cosmo muscle and fitness, and all the ones that came outside of that, no matter who wants to do the research on it, everyone was like, well, T Nation, Muscle Media 2000, all these underground bodybuilding platforms were great ways to get source of information. They were all owned by the same group, which was big pharma and big medicine because they own yeah. the supplements, right? So men were sold supplements, just like females were sold beauty uh, shit, right? Whatever, I apologize. I, my fucking, I got my own issues with my daughter still being sucked into that every now and then, but how many fucking different eyeliners can you be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and as, as, listen, that's not a slight against, you know, females only beside that, but, but you, the, the, the machine wasn't pumping out, you know, a bazillion, you know, uh, tons of whey protein to females in the late nineties. No, it was, it was sold based upon something different there. So I'm not sure if you could, if you remember that um or if you could see like the 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 breaks that happened because when the the big supplements were were less being sold only to males in that messaging and cosmos lost it what was the intersection the intersection was the internet and basically being able to be online and anyone was right with anything they had to say from that time on you add facebook and all these other things to it it is a freaking disaster because simply what we end up having is noise, right? Now, I'm I'm mentioning this maybe to get us into what I w- what I would like to discuss if you if you want to around the concept of advice today, because I think the it, it's just so noisy. The fact that you and I are having a podcast to talk about some basic lifestyle guideline things and wondering if they're masculine or feminine, I think we should ask that, you know. So where where is you know maybe we could think about you could think about people right in front of you where are they getting their advice from, um is it the is it the Huberman's is it the, you know or or maybe can you remember six years ago when Huberman wasn't as popular what it was then you know got any thoughts on that or I mean, feedback from your
1: people he is where people are getting there inside of our gym
0: okay. that
1: is like it is um in consultation and getting people to stick to like. Whatever their coach has given them in prescription, and I'm not going to jump on a new bandwagon. It's usually coming after something or someone that he's had on this podcast. Good, um, 100%. And again, we do live in Silicon Valley. We're in the Bay Area. Most people are pretty affluent, so yeah, going and buying a ridiculously expensive ice bath is not uncommon here, um, right? And that it's like, and it's not wrong. Like I, I. I hesitate here because a lot of the things that people are picking up aren't wrong, right? Oh they, yeah, they, no, it's they, like
0: walking in the sun is not wrong either. Yes, or exercising. Wrong. But that's my that's my point is that these are not masculine entities. No. So it, it's not it's and not I a think man. That's thing. The
1: joking, funny thing of the frustration with women is like it almost is like um, it's like when you've asked someone to do something a thousand times and they don't like listen yeah. to you, and all of a sudden they hear it from one person, and they're like. Oh, we're going to do this. Right. Like, it's like, I've been trying to get you to go on a morning walk with me for, for our whole marriage. And all of a sudden now you want to come walk. Like you go to leave yeah. the house, go on your morning walk. Yeah. And he's like, honey, he's like, we got to go oh, on our walk. We got to go get the sun. Out the
0: sun. You yeah, know, I got to get my sun on my eyes. Listen. And,
1: and uh, they're like, wait, I've been going on this walk forever. And now, now you want to come join me? Like uh, I think that's the humor of this for a lot of like the women right now is like, I have been telling you this for years and all of a sudden this man on a podcast tells you, to, and it's like, we got to do it. The whole family's doing it. Come on kids. We're going outside. And that's like where the like humor and the little like memes of this have come out of Huberman husbands. It's like, you know, this God said it. And now all of a sudden what I've been asking you to do with me forever is cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I love being a, uh, um, or I'm giggling because I, I recognize Um, just speaking for men, how, how dumb we are really for those specific directions and make it seem like, you know, this is like the Holy grail, or this is like unbelievable shit to like take a cold bath or to drink water in the morning or like go for a walk. And now we want to like, you know, we want to humanize it. We want to research it. You know, we want to like wrap all these numbers around it. And funny enough, like you're saying it, this actually could be a feminine thing, meaning, it's actually a feminine thing possibly for that form of advice for individuals, because you guys may have known all along. I just, you know, just a, just a thought process based upon that. And so for us, you know, making something big out of this, I now see where, uh, I now see the perception how it could be perceived as men owning this thing. Like, look, at look at me, I'm going for a walk, you know, in the sun, you know, and you're like, and females are like writing articles in New York times, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, so what? 90 minutes going for a walk? Like I've been telling you to do this in different ways, you know, for years. So yeah, I do, I do get that, but I do see the, um, the ad- advice aspect here. I can't help, but see it as being like, uh, I wrote down, as it being like, it's like fifth grade shit. Like th- this is shit that you know, these quote unquote men, Huberman dads or whatever they're called, are so excited that they need to share on social media the fact of something that you could learn when you're in grade five. Yes. That this is the this is the the I guess the darker humor that I see inside of it is the is people thinking that their life is meaningful and that this is so really important that look at me, I got a hundred grams of lean protein today. Yeah
1: and like i can that, acutely, something there's something
0: about that that
1: i can actually attest to like uh, um i remember a year ago like someone trolled me on instagram like you fucking opex people right always got to like share that you're drinking your water and i was like it was a that person i don't even know and i was like yeah, that's us opex people and i was like because unfortunately most of my clients are so detached from reality that yes i need to show them every single day that we wake up and we drink water that may seem very simple but you don't know how many people walk into our door that don't drink a glass of water at all in the day. So this is how far removed from health we are. Mm-hmm. you know. And I just remember being so offended by it, but also being like, yep, that's what we do. That's what I do. I yeah. drink water every day. And yeah. if I have to tell my clients to do it, like that's what we got to do right now. Because unfortunately, yeah. that's where people are today. Yeah. It may seem so simple, but there are so many people that come in our doors that can't drink water because- they don't like the taste of water anymore. So we're trying to teach them if they put, you know, and now we have humor in this. So it's just like, you know, like if he makes it cool, then I'm happy we're making this cool. I'm not like against yeah. that. Yeah. But um, this is where we're at.
0: Yeah. I love the, uh, uh, well, that's why we're good together because I I bring not only this, but that's why you, I bring the pra- practicality utilitarian aspect to it and you bring the reality to it. And I think that's a nice balance. It's like, yeah, James, you could, you know, you could, you could giggle at the fact that we're discussing water. Um, um, but, but what you're saying is reality is, I mean, people just don't. So what do you plan to do? You know? And I think that also gives our listeners a perspective on our different lenses, right? Like I sit in my office and I don't, I don't touch people or talk to them anymore. Right. So, I was, you know, I can think about those things and be like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, people can't drink water. But uh, but you're not in that position where you have people in front of you who are like, listen, I want to figure out how to be healthier for the rest of my life. And you have to teach them behavioral things that hopefully get embedded about drinking water, you know. So, uh, you know, and just to make a point, you know, uh, shame, shame on whoever that was uh, coming from CrossFit. That's 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 a sign of, you know, uh, just well anyways i all that's why yeah. i'm not on social media anymore like it's just the, the the it's it's fantasy world and it's it's not how you communicate with people anyways mm-hmm. i just want to make mention of that cuz i hate it when i hear uh those specific stories which is why i got out of it um if i we can move to uh, just the point i wanted to make yeah. on the the therapeutics aspect cuz i consider um and the idolizing and advice and et cetera, you know um you know we could ask that question right like why you know, just just based upon what you teach people, Melissa, right? Mm -hmm. So what you teach people is actually the same thing as what Huberman teaches people, which is the same thing as what Peter Atia teaches people, right? But this is the difference here. And what I wanted to extract from my point being on fifth grade shit and why people would make fun of OPEX methodology, because it's basically just the simple shit that actually gets stuff done and it's not fantasy, is this fact that, you you know, they, they call, you call them, call him, or I don't even know if he is. That's why I questioned a doctor, right? So it's a doctor, Dr. Peter Atia, right? um And then you look at what's inside of it and what they're going after. Like, what is our project and what do we want to do in the end? They're really trying to fix things. Now I could go on for six hours, actually in a row, nonstop and not giving anyone a chance to talk on how shitty that has been to the whole fitness movement but I just wanted to see if you saw the same thing inside of it with regards to where that advice is coming from. It's a it's most of it is this will fix your shit. This will fix your life. This will fix whatever. And then and to some people would say, yeah, but James, it does fix things. Yeah, but you you have the intentions wrong. So people are actually now go, you know, stop drinking coffee 90 minutes before, you know, uh, drinking water, whatever. My research has shown as well as empirical observation that doesn't last. You know why? Because these embedded behaviors are incorrect from the get-go. They're doing it because they need to show other people that they're doing it. And it's a fix. They think it's a fix, right? And so just to be, uh, short on it, what I tell a bunch of people, you could rip apart that entire industry by just asking people to stop doing stupid shit. If you stopped doing stupid shit, you would never get into pain. You would never get into these issues. You would never have to fix something. Right. So that's, that would be the quick answer to it, but I'm not sure if you saw the therapeutic lens the same way I did, or if you have any um, different thoughts or opinions based upon that.
1: It's the therapeutics. It's the tracking, Right. Like if I track my sleep, I'll sleep better, right? Like it's it's all of it is. Um, we're trying to fix things, and and I and we do see it because these are the people that make short term progress and then end up exactly back where they were because the intentions are incorrect, and it is the biggest frustration. And wall we hit often with clients, again, like to my to the point of. You know, my coach's frustration sometimes is like, we're starting with what seems like very simple protocols, because we're trying to actually make some good connections on why we do the things we do. Right? Like, and that takes time and work. But then they hear this podcast, and they're like, well, I can quick, I can fix this faster. Right? If I just do all these things really fast, then I'll reach this goal. Right? And it's like, it's still this shiny thing of like, do these things, and it'll fix you quicker. Mm-hmm. If I do all the 10 things that Heberman tells me to do all right now, I'll be, you'll be what? You'll be the man with the six pack that has all the energy and this this idea that's not real, right? So we're still selling this fantasy. We're still selling this like false reality. If I do these things, if I go stand in the sun for 20 minutes every morning, what? Right? Like I'll be healthier. Well, what does that mean? So yeah. we're just doing these things, but people don't know why they're really doing them other than like, oh, if I drink the athletic greens, my metabolism will work better. What the fuck does that mean? Like, is your metabolism broken? Like, what is, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't, it's like, we just heard it and it sounded fancy and it sounded exciting and he had the statistic behind it. Yeah. So it must be the thing for me to do.
0: Yeah. And that's the separator of what we're doing in an OPEX gym is that we'll still ask people to go out and stand in the sun or drink water but they're going to know why they're doing it. That's the difference. And they're also going to have a, uh, like some kind of defense mechanism to recognize when they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. So that's the trade-offs there in terms of what I believe, right. In being simple answers to all these things and what happens in an OPEX gym where, yeah, those are simple things, but when humans are involved and behaviors involved, it's a complex, it's complex, right? And to your
1: point, it's like, right, um, you know, you brought up before, you don't think this is like a male or a female, like these things aren't gendered, right, when it comes to these lifestyle things. But we are, women are selling it the same way. This, the how many grams of protein at breakfast? It's like, well, you know, the, the cure to menopause is, it's because you are got to eat 30 grams of protein at breakfast. You're not having 40 grams of protein at breakfast, 40 grams of protein. I hear that one more time. Like what? You just magically don't go through perimenopause because you had 40 grams of protein. Like wrong intentions again. We're like force feeding this stuff down people's throats with wrong intentions. It's like teach someone why it's good to get a balanced meal and why we want these things in our diet for long-term health and longevity. And, you know, maybe it'll stick, but just like, this is the answer. You don't want to have a bad menopausal experience. You have to, you know, do these X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So it's the same principles that are being sold to everyone as the fix for whatever they're going through.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Are uh, you talking about? Uh, well, not to name names, but there's a northeast doctor, uh, prominent online, answers to all. You know, all questions are just basically increase lean protein throughout the day, and it'll fix everything. Yeah. Um. That, I, I see. I, I agree with your point. I see it as the exact same way and it's not a masculine or feminine thing, um, it's, it's a doctor. It's a, ther- it's a therapeutic paradigm, right? And I, I consider it an encroachment because they should just stay in their lane of fixing people with what they were trained to do with medicine or complete disastrous, complex diseases that we have no business getting into and finding root causes and kind of going after that. But stay the F away from our lane with regards to making statements like that, because we're the only ones that are going to get the complex picture of that human when they're sitting in front of us. And if they come in saying, oh, this female doctor from New York said, I just need 30 grams of protein at at breakfast is going to fix my menopausal symptoms. We're like, what the the F? Like, how did we get to this point where you think that's going to be the panacea for this entire piece, right? And so that that's why I call it the it's encroachment because no one and it ties into my points, you know, previously on what what I said around, I guess what we call like a tech tribe mentality is like using this research, using all these numbers, you know, the, the tech aspect. Right. Um, and then tribalizing it. Right. If you're not doing it, you're not a part of the group. If you're not doing it, you won't get fixed. If you're not doing it, you won't have great, you know, postmenopausal, you know, energy, et cetera. Um, and I see it coming from, I'm just agreeing with you saying it a, same, a different way. It's coming from that same, that same group. Um, and the only real change you're going to get to generalize that answer without even being asked the question um, is to figure out where you're at. And we'll take an OPEX coach to kind of help you with that um, and see where you need to go. That's right in front of you, right? Like you, the next steps you need to do like we say, is just the next steps, right? So it's a. Uh, It may just be as simple as that. And I think it does uh, then diminish the whole point of our conversation today of it looking like a male or female or man thing, a female, uh, uh, a woman thing. Uh, I don't think it is. I just think that we need to be aware of what the historical, stereotypical, masculine, feminine things that were in culture, which we're not saying we agreed with them, but they were in culture. And inculcating that for current times I think is a massive mistake. I think it's a massive mistake because I just see it as a, a nefarious encroachment, basically, from the therapeutic paradigm on top of the culture. Um, and, and here you and I are you know, talking about water and exercising outdoors and et cetera. Um, anyways, that, that, that unfortunately leads me down the pessimistic role of, again, the impact and change and et cetera. But you know, if it's not going to get discussed, then no one will see it that way. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, it's funny. Like this one just comes to my head. It's like, you know, again, um, I go back to in the, in the article, she like posted um the, the viral TikTok that it was based on was again, the Huberman husband, because he was like doing all these things all of a sudden that she was already doing and like wanting to use her face tonic and all her face stuff. Cause now he cares about his face and his aging. And it's like, Also, like, are we not being realistic this is a byproduct of us wanting this thing where there are no, like, what is masculine and what is feminine, right? We want this neutral world where we're all the same, but we also don't like it when our boyfriends and husbands come in and want to use our face cream, right? Like, this is mine versus, like, everyone puts cream on their face, but it's always been like, this is my, but I'm the one that cares about the anti-wrinkles. You don't. And all of a sudden now there's this new wave of vanity that doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You know, um, and sometimes the joke of it is again, not women don't always love it when it's like, this was my little world, and now he's coming into my world.
0: Yeah. Or and he's i
1: taking my, co- you're putting my collagen in your coffee. That was like another conversation <laughs> of women, like, he's using my vital protein, like, right? <laughs> As if like collagen is a women's only supplement. Um, right. Or like, <laughs> those are the funny things yes. we've like in a lot of worlds, it's like we've gendered that it like way protein is for men. And collagen is for women.
0: Yeah.
1: Or my greens is like if I get a press green drink, green drinks are for women, but athletic greens are for men because yeah. right. So we are definitely like the markets are putting out the same things. They're just making them gendered out to be for a man or for a woman, but it's for the same specific product. audience.
0: Yep. Specific um audience. it's funny you just hit up on that, that it used to be called greens. You know, Goop used to sell greens, and Athletic Greens um, is selling to a different audience. You know, so I, um, yeah, I I pause when I think about the 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 differences in time because it's only been twenty years. Let's say two thousand three, where I used to sell those specific kind of things, and there was never really as much, I guess you would say. And I call it two thousand three being an interesting time because it was pre-internet, social media right? Where there was nothing really masculinized or feminized in how, you know, things were perceived as what people get. Now, I would, you know, maybe sell more black cohosh or prenatal vitamins or like on on the strict end over here, right? But but when it came down to that middle group, you know, every male or female bought bars, male or female bought greens, male or female bought multis, you know, these are the things that uh, we came up with um for for supplementation and i just think of supplementation as a whole but i just i just keep thinking that um to your point it's it must be quote unquote labeled as a man thing and we should it should be obvious to us why because they need to sell it right so so i have changed is, is it really a man thing yes it is because they're looking to sell it to that specific audience do I consider it in my brain and in culture, a specific man thing like these things, like, you know, walk outside, you know, lift rocks, get some sunshine, et cetera. No, no, I don't think it is, but maybe today it unfortunately is in those buckets. Um, now that I think about that, what well, what do you think would be on, um, you know, maybe if you could, you know, think about a, a future, you know, like even, even a couple of years into the future, what's your thoughts in like a, you know, six, eight years post COVID, what would that, what would that quote unquote female thing possibly look like? Like, even if I know you can't like re you know, what rub the ball and kind of say, well, this is what's going to be in culture based upon that. But any thoughts on that or any thoughts on what the masculine thing would kind of look like at that point. And what I'm trying to tie in there is your point you made on this androgynous, kind of perspective of you know what you and i discuss right we you would we, we can't take for granted we, we think it's a tiny topic it's a monstrosity of a topic to discuss the 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 wonderful aspect of male and female and the balance between the two right man and woman it, so.
1: i um so you know
0: rub your crystal ball there and give my, me some
1: crystal support. ball gets a little it's i think we're i'm not scared because i think there's a big androgynous movement of like I don't want to be. I just want to be human. And um, one of the women that also that's uh, linked on here is an opinion um, writer as well. And she just spent last week. I've been following it very religiously, um, following the Bama Rush. So all the girls rushing for sororities right now, primarily in Alabama in colleges, but also across the country. Mm. And there is a ginormous revival going on to go back to college life which is big hair blondes and dresses football we like they want that experience that was taken away during covid so Mm. i do think there is a ton of you know teenagers and 20 year old girls that very much want to be very girly Mm. so i'm not scared of like a loss of like boys being boys and girls being girls or that that going away because i do think there's a huge you know um, i hate to say like largely religious growth happening in our country right now but there is and they want to very much attach themselves to this like ideal of what a female is so um i'm not sure what the future looks like as long as there's i think we have like conflict we have two sides growing right now Mm -hmm. we have the kids that are growing up that may not like want to wear shorts and mix colors and not care and then we have Mm -hmm. ones that are going to be very much swinging towards boys do this and girls do this.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, I want to apologize for asking the question. Cause I know it's a tough one, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, <laughs> reaching in and kind of thinking about what it may look like. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, just on the point for maybe, maybe it's a conversation for another time. I'm not sure how we can bring in relations inside of that, but I do have my own thoughts based upon the perceived, because uh, I think it's a perception, a perceived lack of uh, uh, religion in America today um, and, uh, and and the reports and where the reports come from and who reports it. And why is it so important that you're reporting it? Like, I think when you go down yeah. that route, you start seeing that, in my opinion here, based upon your point of the Bama Rush, uh, Bama Rush, sorry. Um, I think it's regressive. I think it's actually not, it's not a... Um, it's not a positive movement. I think, I think, I think you're going back to, and I'm not, I wasn't looking for your, your point. That's just my perspective. Right. I think you're, I think you're going back to like, you know, uh, pre Betty Friedman, like you're going back to 1930s shit with regards to uh, where women and men are in society. Um, I think that's, you're going to end up anyways, I could go on lengthy with that, but uh, you're going to end up going. Yeah. Anyways, you're going to, It's going to end up being bad, bad shit. If you really feel uh, something uh, about uh, the women's movement and the power of it and all the shit and work that's been done to kind of get there, I know it's top of mind for me, but I'm just speaking my mind. Um, I need to speak to younger women out there that may get that message. You're getting one pulled over on you. You're getting a massive one pulled over on you. That's my opinion or my perspective on it. Um, And I don't think it'll end up being... Uh, anywhere near positive to what, you know, was grown with regards to the, quote unquote, educated, fully, fully developed, fully free, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, the the female, right? I just don't, I, I don't think that and that that ties into our conversation today, because I asked you the question what, what of what it may look like in the future. And you gave your perspective on it and what it may. And uh, if that is I the think- case, I'd like to say that, it's going in the wrong direction. I think it's an overreactionary. I call it an overreactionary religiosity that's going to end up uh, putting people back.
1: I think it's the scariest thing about nostalgia is it can make us want for something that didn't truly exist or something that we don't really comprehend, right? Like when we have this like uh, good old days and the nostalgia for what once was, um, or as youth that have this like perception or this dreamland of like what they're they're, they're trying to get back to. Yeah. I think sometimes there's a lot of. um just naive, just not understanding of what that time actually looked like, or what
0: yeah. what
1: what you're trying to get back to, uh, mm-hmm. which I think will come into some of our future conversations when we start getting into what does this middle zone look like for reproductive health for women and um, and for men when it comes into yeah, fertility. In two episodes.
0: And, and two well, episodes, the so. one will be the next episode, which we'll talk about what we mentioned of those because you mentioned wow. the uh, um, you know the the male in the shower using the female products. I'm going to talk about that with regards to the. Uh, well, we're both going to discuss it, but I'm going to bring some stuff to it based upon the man's let's call it resisting entropy, or I, I guess I won't classify it in a certain timeline, but I'll bring that to the next episode, and then two after this one today, we'll uh, we'll do the same perspective lens for females. So that was an indirect way. I appreciate that. That was an indirect way of getting us into uh, what our next discussions will be on. On um, you know the you know, so just in case it wets people's appetites, but, you know, um, you know, uh, not to put in only a couple of areas, but um, anti-aging for both sexes, right? That's pretty much the reduced aspect of it. Like what, what's, what do you and I have that are problems with that? And how does it not align with our concept of the vitality model, which is basically, you know, uh, humorously uh, sagging skin uh, lines on your face, um and weakness as you age <laughs> you know that that's those are real realistic aspects of the vitality model uh but you have a clear mind and you have function for what you want to do right so we'll discuss that i guess male specifically next episode and then females afterwards i don't know if that kind of leads us into a summary for today or anything else you wanted to discuss uh, melissa based upon uh uh the yeah, human, i think uh, human, today's government.
1: I think is a nice segue into those topics is, uh, you know, the concept of hacking and why we do it and what are the outcomes we're trying to get out of doing these things. um, And are the intentions misaligned for individuals that are listening to these podcasts that are picking up these things and trying to apply them to their lives? Um, Why are we doing it? What are the intentions behind them?
0: just get off your phone and get to an OPEX gym. Okay. Like, geez, Louise answer all the questions. Um, and specifically Kira, if you're in that neck of the woods, um, I just thought about for a future episode, perhaps maybe you could take a stab at it as the, the manufacturer of uh, the information, but uh, we should nail out uh, the kind of goop phenomena. Um, yes. Just kind of put some, put some teeth to that. Yeah. Um, for no particular reason, just that I'd like to learn a little bit more. So it'll force me kind of do my research and kind of um, you could probably give a a different lens perspective as to how it's perceived to the audience, either as a quote unquote user or a coach of a user. And then I'll try to use a different lens as a coach and a user as well in my lane. And and we can, we can hit that. Yeah. Solid. All right. Uh, Thanks for today. Uh, We appreciate, uh, I appreciate uh, your interest in in this uh, project, Melissa, and uh, continuing to uh, dig into some of these um, interesting topics. And we hope uh, everyone got something good out of it. Thanks.
1: Thank you, guys.